Welcome back to TalkNorth.com. Thank you for listening. If you can, please download before you listen. It helps our business. I'd also like to thank our producer, Brandon Morton, and let you know if you'd like to sponsor this program or any of the programs on the network. You can reach me at jsouhan47 at gmail.com. I guess there are other things to talk about with the Vikings, but I really just want to start the show by admitting that I, I hit rock bottom in my career yesterday. That's Sunday oh, covering oh, the Vikings Bears game. I know. That's a low. That's I know a people, big, that's a, that's people a... think I've hit a lot of lows, <laughs> but this is my personal low. I covered an NFL playoff team getting ready to go in the playoffs, and I got blown off by a kicker. What? I got blown off by a kicker. I've been blown off by great players for many years. Hall, the The our Hall of Fames are filled with players who blew me off yes. many times. Right. Some of them mentioned that in their acceptance speeches. <laughs> uh, I got blown off by a kicker yesterday. A kicker who made all four of his field goals and made a million-dollar bonus blew me off yesterday. He said, I'm not talking. He, he had his clothes delivered to him in the training room and went out the back. Dan Bailey. Wow. That is... It was bizarre, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mentioning to really actually hammer Dan Bailey. No, yeah, but, you know, but yeah, but, yeah. But it just—it was like the best day of his life, right? You know, yeah. He makes a, I mean, for, he makes pressure kicks. They were pressure because the game was close. Also, because he had a million dollar bonus on the line. And the, uh, your colleague Chad Graff and Dane Mizzitani and I are standing there thinking, we're not going to get blown off by a kicker, uh-huh. are we? I said that'll never happen, and, oh, it, wow. and it happened. All that, right, on to, on to bigger things. I just want to <laughs> make fun of myself there. Uh, this is the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. We are going to talk about the playoffs. Finally, now we know what the deal is. Uh, Vikings will play at New Orleans on Sunday. I just got back from a mini vacation in New Orleans. There were Teddy Bridgewater t-shirts everywhere. It was kind of cool to see. And it's maybe the, it's probably the worst stadium in the NFL and probably the best atmosphere in the NFL. Oh, it's amazing. Like I, I still, you know, I, I still remember watching the 09 title game there and just how, I mean, I grew up in the Metrodome, right? And that's the loudest place I've ever been in my life. And I think that, <laughs> I know this might be sacrilegious, but I think it was a little louder there. And, it was louder, and uh, it, the press box shakes oh. when they score. Like, I mean, it is unbelievable the atmosphere. So that'll be a fun, uh, a fun one to be in the middle of because uh, it, they put on a party down there like no other town, and they love their Saints, and so it should be, it should be rocking. I have a very distinct memory of 09 that I'll share, and then we'll get into some current events here. This is, again, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Please follow us on Twitter, TalkNorthPod. You'll see some new shows showing up there soon, and, and we already have a new one, uh, which is the Gopher Insider with Marcus Fuller and Ryan James that is hitting heavy on basketball right now, but we'll touch on all the Gopher sports, including the bowl game, uh, and Thank you to our sponsors, Twill in the United Galleria, TwillMN.com, and Tony Hoagland, your State Farm agent and champlain. So I still, that, I mean, I've, I've gotten to cover a lot of World Series, a lot of Final Fours, a lot of Super Bowls, uh, you know, pl- local playoff teams. I, there's, I've never had quite the experience I had covering that game. Uh, and if you remember, they had that song, was Get Crunk? Yeah, yeah, yep. I've never seen a game operations song played where everyone in the stadium reacted to it. Because let's face it, this problem with game operations playing music is no matter what you play, you're going to turn off half the people sure. in the stadium. Yeah. Yep. 
the players on the sideline, the coaching, the Saints coaching staff, all the fans actually swayed in unison to that song when it came on. It was just stunning to be there. This press box did shake during the big moments. It was impossible to hear anything. And I still remember, and Judd talks about it all the time. Judd back then and I were uh, covering the team, uh, me as a columnist, him as a beat writer uh, for the Star Tribune. And we are sitting there during that timeout. And I looked down and I said, something's going on on the sideline. And Judd said, oh my God, they're going to screw this up. And that's <laughs> when the 12-man penalty yeah. penalty and then of course we know what happened there so it does feel like the kind of place where anything could happen anything has happened and saints the saints vikings rivalry has really become something because of that yeah i mean it's it's been epic postseason clashes uh you know 87 when the vikings went into new orleans on wildcard weekend and uh were heavy underdogs and anthony carter went wild and 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 they they win that game and then they beat the Niners and they go to the NFC title game. Um, you know, then you have obviously you have the 09 game, which still like in terms of like ups and downs, twists and turns, harrowing moments. I mean, I don't know that there's been a, a game I've ever been in the middle of that has been that just compelling and and like um exhausting at, you know you just just watching it and so that was remarkable the obviously the miracle game um you know, they have had just these amazing amazing moments against each other and there is i mean there's still that element of bad blood with the bounty gate stuff and and all that so all of the ingredients are there for what you would want in a in a playoff game you want high stakes you want hard feelings you want um, just a lot of intensity, and I think there's going to be all of that and more next Sunday. If you want to be a fatalist, and I know some Viking fans no, are, no, 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 and some are for good reason, wouldn't this be the likely scenario? The Vikings take a lead. They sack Drew Brees, knock him out of the game just the way the Saints used to try to knock Brett Favre out. Teddy Bridgewater comes in <laughs> and sticks the knife, and, you know, and and Mike Zimmer's guy. Beats Mike Zimmer. <laughs> that, that would absolutely, I think, line up with all of the theatrical endings and and craziness that we've seen for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, he is there, I guess, ace in a hole, and I don't know that Sean Mannion does the same, uh, has the same role for the Vikings after what we saw on on Sunday uh, against the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, but I I do think you you definitely sense right now that. Um, most of the Viking faithful are like, well, this is not going to go well. Like we're, we're going down there and the saints have picked up speed and, and found their momentum. I think late in the season, Kamara is rolling now again and, and all this. And you know, we don't stand a chance. I am not of that group. I think the parody in the NFL leaves the open, the possibility that the Vikings could surprise and, and, and could play. I have not given up on them. Um, the way a lot of people have that way. That said, I understand the fatalism. I understand not trusting this team in particular to go into a hostile environment with a, in on a big stage and win a game. That's, I mean, it's going to be incredibly daunting. I, I'll tell you why I think this was the worst draw they could have had. Uh, at least in, in theory, I do want to thank Twill in the dining gallery, twillmn.com. Just the most laid back, friendly staff you will ever meet in a retail store. 
great stuff. Again, I wear this stuff all the time and I love it. I wanted to let you know that at Twill, our longtime sponsor, that's twillmn.com, Twill in the Dining Galleria, that you can save an extra 25% off already reduced prices on select seasonal items on New Year's Day. So go into Twill in the Dining Galleria on New Year's Day. You'll get an extra 25% off already reduced prices. Twill usually doesn't have many sales because they, they sell their stuff, high-quality stuff. This is a rare opportunity to get in there and get a lot of clothes that I've been able to buy at a reduced price. Check it out. I think this is the worst draw for the Vikings because of the combination of Saints home field advantage and struggling Vikings cornerbacks going up against the most intricate passing team in the NFC. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's all true. I mean, it's certainly when you look at all of the possible outcomes, I would rather face Garoppolo. I would rather face even Russell Wilson and the Seahawks just, who are they're just, just so beat up. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not quite what they were. I would rather face Aaron Rodgers, absolutely. Yep. Um, than than Drew Brees in New Orleans right now with Michael Thomas and with Kamara and with all with all the weapons that they have. They do. It does seem like they have a lot of strengths that really ex- can exploit Vikings' weaknesses. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The other thing um, that you have concerns about is. You know, I, I I have kind of been slowly sort of transitioning my view of this team from defense first, um, you know, ground and pound, uh, win win tight games to looking more like a team that might have to win a game thirty one to thirty. And uh, after what we saw from the Vikings against the Packers, like I just don't know that you can expect this offense to erupt that way. Um, you know, I th- I do think having Dalvin Cook back will make an enormous difference for sure. Uh, but you know that team that went into the '09 title game, knowing that they would have to outscore the Saints, had all of the weapons and Favre in his best year of his career, and Adrian Peterson and Percy Harvin and you know Rudolph and Sidney Rice had yeah, his one great season. Absolutely, or Shanko. It was it was it was Shanko. Shanko. It was really good and. Uh, Sidney Rice and yeah, I mean they had the weapons and they had an offensive line that could hang in um, against uh, a, a fearsome, inclu- you know, what we found out is overzealous uh, Saints defense. But um, this one, I, I just don't know. Like I just, you saw the way that the offensive line was manhandled against Green Bay. Uh, I'm sure that the Saints, while they maybe they don't have Zadarius Smith, they do have plenty of defensive talent that they're going to be able to throw at the Vikings. And I don't know if, um, if cousins can rise to that occasion. I just don't know right now. Thielen doesn't seem like himself. There's, there's a lot of questions about this offense. I think it can happen, but I think if they do do it, I think they will rightly say that there was few that really believe that they could. Yeah. And I'm looking at it the same way. I think they're going to have to score points against a pretty good defense in a very difficult circumstance. And you look at what the offense has actually done lately. Okay, yesterday, doesn't count. Green Bay, 10 points at home. Uh, Chargers, the defense, that game was very much in doubt until the defense started destroying the Chargers and creating turnovers and scoring themselves. Uh, Detroit, 20 points 
at home against yep. a bad team. Seattle, 30 points, but it was kind of a wild scramble comeback game. That's not the same thing as taking control of a game. Denver didn't start playing until you were desperately down at half. Dallas. Dallas is the game, the last game I would say the Vikings offense really took control of a game. And before that, it was very impressive performances against Philadelphia and Detroit, 38 and 42 points. But it's been a while since the offense has really felt like it was clicking. Right. And and I, I think a lot of that, there's two things that go into that. One, Thielen has been out for a lot of that. And two is Dalvin Cook got banged up and has not been what he was prior to the injury. Now, the question is that can he get back to, I don't know, 90%? Um, and, and will that kind of help to inject some much needed electricity uh, into this offense? I mean, maybe having two weeks off or, uh, will, will help him with that. Maybe that will be exactly what he needs. And, you know, we, but, you know, oftentimes I think we run into this trap with you know, kind of viewing these these players' bodies as you know just unbelievable gladiators, and you think, oh, well, you know, they played on Sunday, they don't play till Monday night, they got an extra day, everything's gonna be fine. You know, they, you know, Dalvin Cook got, had an extra week off, it's gonna be great. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I'm just not sure if they can somehow get back, get that Dalvin back from the first four or five games. Yeah, then I think that changes the calculus some. But so far, I, I don't know that we've seen anything that says, yeah, that, that's an absolute, you know, realistic outcome here. Great point, because we all kept saying, oh, Thielen's taking another week off, so he'll be fine. Or yeah. They have a bye week, so he'll be fine. Yeah. He ain't fine. He's not fine. He's not fine. I mean, and there's no way, and there's no way a running back is going to be fine when you have two problematic shoulders. Right. Maybe he plays through it. Maybe he does something we end up calling heroic, but he's not going to be the same. No. It, yeah. And and what they need is all hands on deck, man, against these guys. So, um, you know, Thielen, he just, he has not been the same since he came back. And I, and I get it. Like, yeah. Look, it's he not was his out fault. for a long time. It's just hard. And, and hamstring injuries are difficult. But, um, yeah, you, like, you're going to need, uh, you're going to need an, uh, an, un, you know, some, uh, probably two or three really good catches in traffic from Thielen. You're going to need digs to break open uh, down the field and, and you hit big play that way. And you're going to need Dalvin Cook to catch one of those swing passes and turn it into a 25 or 30 yard gain. And even more important though, with Dalvin, like you need him to do what he does so well, which is make the first guy miss and turn a one yard gain into seven. Like and to keep this offense from being behind schedule, because when they get to third and long, it's—I mean—they just have a hell of a time coming up with anything to a keep the pressure off of Cousins and b get something open down the field to make it happen. So they they have to be able to go second and 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 four, third and one, like all the time if they want to be able to sustain drives and keep that keep the Vikings defense off of the field. Absolutely. Uh, let's ask the big picture question that is looming over the franchise. I do want to thank Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D, your State Farm agent in Champlin, who handles my insurance and Michael Russo's insurance. Hi, Talk North listeners. I wanted to let you all know about State Farm's new Quotes for Good program. We partner with local nonprofits to raise money for great causes. The Viking Update Show, I will donate $10 to the Adam Thielen Foundation, benefiting the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital. When you call in, be sure to mention the show so that we can track the donations. 
You can reach us at 763-421-4900 or check out our website at champlininsurance.com. I mean, I'm getting this question from fans, from editors, from coworkers. If they went down and lost to the Saints and really weren't all that competitive, does do you think that that means the Wilfs should or would fire Spielman and or Zimmer? Um, I, I, so do I think they will? I don't. I agree with you. Um, do I think they should? I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking back, you know, I, I, there's all of this stuff, um, you know, all, anytime any team, including the Timberwolves or any loses a game, fire everyone. And I just think you have to be careful with that. Uh, what I what I go back to is Glenn Mason getting fired from the Gophers for having a good uh, career and 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 good success, but not and because a Texas above. Tech kicker made a sixty yeah. yard field goal. Yeah, and so um, what what um, what Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman have done is in general, have this team in the hunt every year. And, you know, they have down years like last year, but every team does outside of the Patriots have down years every once in a while. I think that the big picture style, you see a an, a front office that has drafted pretty damn well. I mean, you can you can say they haven't done a great job on the offensive line. True. Quarterback, on a quarterback. Quarterback, quarterback has been hit that, and miss. Yep. Yes. But... In general, a lot of their hits, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Xavier Rhodes was a hit before he he fell off. Trey Waynes has been a very good player. Um, you know, uh, Rudolph, um, Diggs, Thielen, like they do a good job of, of identifying talent and then developing that talent into really good players. And um, And they're very competitive. Now, they haven't won the big one. That's true. To me, the only reason you would do something is if you just really felt in your heart of hearts that you had an option that was better, that you know that if we get this coach or if we get this GM, that's going to really ramp things up even more. Maybe they have that guy, maybe they, they're, they're, they're on that track, but I would be uh, reluctant to just blow it up just given the overall larger sample size relative success that this tandem has had. And again, with the Wilfs in the, in the will they, they have always been very pragmatic, very patient, you know, model ourselves on the Rooney's type of owners. They don't want to be viewed as knee jerker or anything like that. And so I just think uh, I, I, I would be surprised unless it's, 50 to nothing. It, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I, and I agree with everything you just said, both on the would and should. And I think the only way they fire these guys is if the team looks like it doesn't want to play for Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, and we, we, we've seen some big time glaring losses, uh, you know, the Philadelphia game, um, the, the Colts Bears game, game at the, end of last the Bears year. game at the end of last year, the Colts game a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. We've seen some of that happen. So, yeah, maybe that would be the the thing that, okay, look, you know, this is again where you just aren't prepared you, in a in a league built on parity, built on close games. If you're getting blown out again, 
that could be, you know that that could be a, a reason, but um, I, I still would be surprised. And by the way, there are people in this market who are basically, you know, partners with the team who are going to say, "Don't fire Spielman, don't fire Zimmer," right. and it's, and it's because they're again they're partners with the team, or they have connections, or they aren't allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I found Zimmer to be just kind of a cranky guy for the yeah. last few years. I hadn't been a whole lot of fun to be around. He's not. A, I don't think he's a bad guy. Right. But he's just not. A, he's not great for us. Right. Spielman has been terrible for us. Yeah. You know. Uh. You know. I. I Spielman won't even look me in the eye when he walks the, the locker room mm-hmm. anymore. And I. Even, I don't think he, I've even been particularly hard on him. He just has decided he's going to uh, leak information to the national people and put his name out there in the national light in the way that he wants. And he's playing that game. And you know what? He's allowed to do that. So I have no personal affinity toward keeping Spielman and Zimmer around. I just think you have to be careful if you get to a point where you think, oh, 10 or 11 wins isn't good enough. Right. And I can do better automatically. You might not be, you might not be able to do better. You might not be able to do better. Uh, that, that, is the, that is the key situation that they're going to have to examine. And yeah, like, look, it's, I think it is easy for us in the media to, if we're not, um, if they're not as accessible as we want or they're not as kind of approachable as we want to immediately say, yeah, go get someone else. Um, but you have to look at, I guess, the results in general. Um, you know, I mean, to you know, Tibbs and that regime was not accessible, not approachable. But for me, it wasn't that part of it that said that it was time to move on. It was all of the internal discord, all of the, the, the troubles that happened that brought that to a head. I don't think that this regime has faced that for the most part. Um, yes, they have they have fallen short in big moments, but it does seem like a group that has a handle on what they're doing, and there's not a lot of major distractions of, you know, kind of it's not certainly not Freddie Kitchen style bumbling. Oh God, no! You know anything like that? It's a it's a professionally run team um, that has not gotten over the hump yet and has made some mistakes, but are those fireable? That's what you really have to ask yourself, and um, you know maybe you know maybe they'll in, in the end they'll look at it and say you know what Kirk Cousins wasn't good enough. Yes, that is fireable. I, I guess you could see some logic in that, but um, but in general, this is a team that is always competitive that starts every year with high expectations, and rarely has a stinker of a season that that really falls short. Last year was one of them. So um, yeah, it's it's just it's easy to pull the trigger and say, blow it up. But it's a lot harder to identify who you would bring in that is going to advance the uh, story more than these two have. Let's finish up with this. Let's end this on a hopeful note for all those Viking fans who are who are very worried today. Give me one reason the Vikings have a chance to win on Sunday. Uh, one reason they I'll have a chance. I'll go first. Yeah, you, you go. About Defensive line depth. It's they're going to need to get after Breeze. They have to be relentless. They have to stop a good running game. And one of the strengths they have developed here is defensive line that has high end talent like Daniel Hunter and Linval Joseph, and also has depth players who are making plays. That I don't know if that wins the game for them, but at least gives them a fighting chance. Yeah, I think that's a good one to to go on the other side of the ball. I'll think I, anytime you go in to a game with. Dalvin Cook and Stefan Diggs, 
you have chances to make big plays. And a lot of times these playoff games can be swung by one big play. And so if if Dalvin Cook finds a crease and goes 60 yards for a touchdown, if Stefan Diggs gets behind a blown secondary and and they connect and and that's a big and it's a big touchdown, that can be enough to seize momentum and 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 get the the Saints reeling and then inspire your defense a little bit to make a few plays as well. So they have that's the overall picture is they have plenty of talent. It's is that talent healthy and can they put it together um, enough to to win a very tough game? Thanks to John. We'll also be doing a John's uh, primary podcast uh, on the Timberwolves here soon. So check that out at talknorth.com. We're upgrading our website at talknorth.com. You can find all the shows there. Follow us at Talk North Pod to get the feeds as they come out uh, or subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.